0: Welcome back to a brand new episode Two please. I'm your host, Abhin. And I'm your co-host, Rohit. Uh, and today we're discussing the 1998 uh, Jim Carrey movie, The Truman Show, directed by, by Peter Ware, starring Jim Carrey, Laura Linney, Noah Emmerich, Natasha McElhone, uh, Ed Harris, and Paul Giamatti in a blink, um, blink and a miss role. How are you, Truman? Vital signs are good. <laughs>
1: Lights. Cue the sign. Camera. Yeah! Hey, Truman Say something You're on television You're live to the whole world That's amazing Jim Carrey Is Truman Burbank I Wanna do it again? No in the movie Newsweek Called the number one film To see this summer It's the miracle The Truman Show Rated PG In theaters everywhere Friday June 5th
0: Now uh, The reason I want to talk about this Is because It's a small story Behind The re-emergence Of this movie In my life I watched The Truman Show Years ago, and this was what say probably around 2010, 2011. And I've spoken about it on previous episodes. Specifically, if you mm-hmm. go back and listen to the 1994 episode, there's a big chunk of the episode we spend on talking about Jim Carrey, which kind of will make a return on this week's episode as well. But uh, because I don't know, I, I watched an interview of him or something, and I just decided to rewatch The Truman Show to see how it had aged. And it could not have aged more perfectly. I think. with regards to films that have stood the test of time and have improved over time, The Truman Show is up there amongst the greats. Uh, So I thought it would be wise for us to sit down and dissect the themes that this film addresses, uh, how real it has become in today's society, and talk about some really wonderful performances, specifically from the lead character uh, that makes this film so special.
1: I agree entirely. Uh, Although unlike you, I have not uh, watched the movie in a while. I have seen it enough times uh, when I did a few years back. So I have like it pretty fresh in my memory. Uh, but like I said, I haven't watched it recently. I'm guessing you'll have uh, a lot more fresher takes than me. I am going to probably speak on this episode a lot more about uh, how the relevance of it today yeah. in, in different ways than probably as much about the movie itself. Uh, like I mentioned to you when we discussed the topic, I said I'm going to spend a lot of time on the the keeping up with the Kardashians and stuff like that you know which like you said it's it's, the movie's prescient uh, in its way to predict how all that would come up but anyways before we before I give away too much of what I'm going to talk about let's start the show I am big
0: it's the pictures that got small Now, The Truman Show, for those of you who don't know what this movie is about, this movie is about uh, a character named Truman Burbank who lives in the small town of Haven in some unknown state. It's not really mentioned. And mm-hmm. it's a very quintessential 50s America town. Uh, you know, it, it has that whole vibe going for it. And unbeknownst to him, his entire life is the subject of a reality television show called The Truman Show. He spent his entire childhood on the show and the entire his entire life is being broadcasted to millions across the globe. One day he realizes that his life is indeed a reality show but he suspects it anyway and then uh, thus triggers a set of events um, that ultimately plays the the story of this film.
1: Yeah, I think you've hit the, the key marks mm-hmm. but uh, I think there is a lot more to this movie than just its plot. Uh, which is what I'm sure you are also like eager to dive into. Uh, while you are explaining the plot, I just sort of had a thought: Isn't this movie like the OG Matrix? Basic. I mean, it it came out the same. Year. exactly the same thing, right? It came uh, a year apart. Uh, I Matrix is '99. This is '98. Yeah, this is '98. So, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. Ma- Matrix is not an original movie. The hot take I'm going to put out into the universe is that the Wachowski or whatever Vakauski, saw this movie. And have entirely ripped it off with just a, a, what do you say, a steampunk techno setting. Uh, Because in essence, thematically, the movie is the same. It questions the nature of reality. It questions, it talks about existentialism. It talks about, uh, you know, your life being a spectacle. That aspect, obviously, not so much in the Matrix, but because Neo is the one... Uh, and therefore, you know, is at the center of attention, similar to a uh, 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 Truman Burbank. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of similarities there. But anyway, matrix segue apart. Uh, yeah, I I really want to uh, hear your first impressions. I mean, what what was the first time you watched it, and the uh, the time you watched it uh, recently? Uh, how did you perceive it differently? What the
0: first thoughts? time I watched it, uh, I was. I was—I really liked it. I didn't expect this film to be what it was, but it was. I wouldn't say it was like a film that—it um, is still—it was. It has always been one of my favorite films, but it, there was—it was nothing compared to the impact that it had on me now. Because—and this is—it's funny that because even Jim Carrey brings this up. Uh, he talks about how the Truman Show has aged and how literally everyone's lives. Um, are on are up for broadcast at this point? Like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. not even just yeah. looking at reality television. Uh, all across, like social media has become so all encompassing that this film kind of predicts yeah. so much of it, and it's so relevant. This is a movie that came out in '98. CG was on its like ba- was on its uh, baby legs at this point, point. Uh, and given how far tech has yeah. advanced, and just how much of uh, yourself you're willing to put online. And also it, it kind of showcases the the blind spots when it comes to the human race, right? Just how much of a life are willing to, to, to sacrifice in order to gain um, some sort of monetary um, compensation because the Truman Show is so successful and Christoph, who is this godlike figure of the Truman Show, the creator of the Truman Show, views Truman like this little product. He doesn't view him as a person. And it keeps coming, and and it's so true of so much of entertainment today where you have pop stars and you have um, YouTube stars being pushed into certain, um, into doing certain forms of content because it's a tick box somewhere in someone's uh, spreadsheet.
1: No, I agree. In fact, uh, I really, uh, you know, in the last few days, apropos of nothing, um, I came up, I was having the similar thought um, that you brought up which is you know all of these packaged pop stars yeah uh, have you realized you you never really have anyone who is ordinary looking but a great talent yeah i'm sure you know the whole looks package is a big factor in i'm i'm sure there's a lot of good talent out there which is just not presentable and therefore you know the package doesn't make sense um i, I just read some article where apparently Ariana Grande, at the age of 16, had been anointed to be uh, a hyphen a hyphenator or something. There's a specific term mm-hmm. for it. Somebody who is a a musician, produ- actor, producer. Yeah. You know, you have hyphens. Mm-hmm. There's a the term for it, apparently. So it's like these people are just selected, and their careers are manufactured. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you put it best, which they're viewed as a product, not as a human being. Uh, again, probably existed. Um, even in the 80s and 70s because like we know the the movie industry even in the golden age of cinema people were you know stars were contracted to uh, certain houses uh, yeah. film houses or whatever, production houses and they were viewed as property but this feels a little more artificial right like none of yeah. this is real uh, at least a, there is some degree of authenticity to what was but it's all of this is manufactured is entire you know existence uh, at the end of the day is, is manufactured. So I think that's that's one point that uh, I also sort of resonate with. Uh, I remember from the first time I watched it, uh, if you view it independently just for its plot, then yeah. it is a good movie because the twist, because we also, while we may suspect that something is amiss with how perfect mm-hmm. this world is, it is revealed to us through the course of the movie that yes, all of this is a set. And the twist is great. The way they've, they, they reveal it is the reveal is great. So, the first time, because I was not as mature, I guess I, I enjoyed it for the plot itself, uh, which standalone is good. But with subsequent viewings, as you grow older, as you, uh, I don't know, become more jaded with life, uh, it helps to be a little cynical if you're watching the Truman Show. Uh, and with age, as you become a little more cynical, I think you start to appreciate the, the undertones in the film. Uh, what I uh, the couple of things. One is obviously, like you said, living your life out loud uh, or living your life in uh, full public view at all times is something which uh, wasn't something that we had in our lives to yeah. begin with, right? We are a generation that uh, came into the internet, but uh, think about people who are who have been born in the last ten, fifteen years or so, right? For them, all they this know is yeah. all they know. So. So I would say in that sense, everyone born in the last 10-15 years is a sort of mm-hmm. Truman Burbank. And for them, that is a uh, reality, right? Uh, it is to be on display and exhibitionism is, is, forget par for the course, it's encouraged, right? It's, it's, it's how social life works today. Like every Where child is,
0: has, so. like every one-year-old, two-year-old baby has their own Instagram page these days. And... It's it's almost like and parents yeah. use it as some sort of an album, which is kind of like to document their child growing up. But so many careers have been born out of like these Instagram pages, right? Which is again uh, a, an evolution of what the Truman Show was was trying to um, was trying was trying to do. Before we go deeper into the film, uh, let's want to quickly spend a few minutes discussing the making and what came before. So this is what ninety eight. So uh, mm-hmm. I think Jim Carrey signed on to this movie in ninety five or or something. It was written by Andrew Nichol, yeah. who yeah. Uh, also went on to uh, write and direct the movie Gattaca, which is a movie again about gen- genetics and yeah. Gattaca. And he did In Time, which is a very bad movie, but that's also he he seems to like really.
1: <laughs> he also made a lot of War, yeah. which is so a good movie. Yeah,
0: so. Andrew Nichol is is up is up there, and. Uh, this was, I think, peak of his powers, Jim Carrey, right? Like we've spoken about in the 94 episode about the year he'd had in 1994. And he'd done, I think Ace Ventura is what yeah. had convinced uh, Peter Ware uh, on on him, as, on having Jim Carrey as the lead for the Truman Show. Which is odd because we look at Ace Ventura and we see Jim Carrey dialed to 11. Peter Ware saw him and, thought, and said, oh, he reminds me of Charlie Chaplin because he's able to emote so well. and. I think by the end of that year, because when, uh, when Dumb and Dumber released, and that's a movie, again, I saw it's been a while since I saw Dumb and Dumber, and I haven't laughed like that in, in, in some time. Uh, the man is a true comedic talent. There's a line in the, in the first 25 minutes of the film about a parakeet. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Harry.
1: What happened?
0: His head fell off. His head fell off? Yeah, he was pretty old.
1: Oh, that's it. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs.
0: Our pets' heads are falling off. I was just holding my sides and laughing, and nobody can does it like Jim Carrey. So for him to pivot from Jim Carrey, comedic star, to serious actor, was quite the jump. I know a lot of comedic talents generally are very good actors. Like you take Robin Williams, for example. Great comedic talent, great serious actor as
1: I was yeah. just thinking of yeah so it's some, not something new but nobody expected it to be this good I, on that point just I, I just uh, because you raised that point I just a minute's interjection I was recently watching the the Hollywood Reporter roundtable uh, that they do every year so I was watching the the one for the comedy uh, comedies of this year which had Steven Ewan and uh, I'm forgetting the mm-hmm. others but uh, everyone across the table was like hey you know what comedy is looked at a certain way but comedy is harder to do than drama yeah. because drama is a lot of you you hit your beats and you know it's gonna have the intended effect. Comedy has the added layer mm. of timing, right? And you you can hit, you can hit the beats of the the line uh, that it's supposed the information that it's supposed to convey. But you don't do it in the time in the right timing, it doesn't land in comedy. So everyone across the board was like, hey, you know, it's they were I, maybe they were disparaging to it, but they were like. If you do comedy, it's probably easier to do drama. Yeah. Not for everyone, like you said. It doesn't translate as well. But if you're really good at comedy, it is easier for you to do... Maybe, you know, for the really good ones like a Sasha Baron Cohen or a Jim Carrey. Uh, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen's dramatic mm-hmm. work is really good because the the what goes into comedy is easy to bring yeah. to drama for them, I guess.
0: No, I, I totally agree. And uh, I, I think even if you see Jim Carrey's serious efforts, which aren't, aren't many... There's this. There is um, eternal sunshine. which is again a, great, a wonderful eternal. film. Uh, the majestic, which is a personal favorite for you and I, uh, and I think there is yes. the, the number twenty-three And there's a, a or room
1: twenty-three, which is yeah. a shit movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a, you know, number twenty-three or something. Something right. Which it's is a so Joel Schumacher
0: film. That's, that's all I know. Uh, yeah. But I mean, there's not much. I mean, he's very clearly stayed on.
1: I mean. Oh, oh sorry, on oh, number 23. Of all uh, the the numbers you could pick, right? You're you're telling me twenty-three is a prime number. You're telling me a prime number like twenty-three is going to be something that's prevalent in the universe. Joel Schumacher, you fucking mathematical failure. You <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I have this rant inside against number twenty three from a pure mathematical perspective, but moving on, mm-hmm. moving on. All this episode took a turn. But yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> Joe Carey has is commanding a twenty million dollar salary per film at this point, and because he likes the Truman Show so much, he likes the script so much, he agrees to do it for twelve. And he, but he also had um, he he also had the power to write his own, write his, and change his own scenes. So there was an initial clash between him and the director, but they kind of sorted it out. And there's a scene in the film that's very much him just riffing, which is the true mania of Burbank the second bathroom mirror scene that, that takes place. Now, uh, the mm. movie opens up with the bathroom mirror scenes where Truman is talking to himself. He's narrating a story of, of this guy, who's, of two guys climbing up a mountain and not being able to make it down. It's preceded by uh, Christoph talking about what the Truman Show is. It's like, it's not nothing in the show is planned. Everything is completely organic. Like, it's a life. What you're seeing is a life you're introduced to Truman and his wife, Meryl. Um, and the actress who plays Meryl is an actress called Hannah. And Hannah is played by Laura Linney. And Laura Linney talks about how uh, it's the the entire show is a lifestyle. Like nothing in, in the show is fake. And much like, you know, just echoing Christoph's words. And the show itself, the show itself is not very good. <laughs> like if you think about it, you actually like, because there are, uh, there are yeah. falling, um, like everything that, the whole thing that triggers this is the falling satellite. If Truman walks out of his house, a satellite falls from the sky and it's got Sirius written on it, which I think is the yeah. name of a star. And as he's driving to work, he's he runs into these two gentlemen who push him up against a sign for chicken. I think it's called Kaiser Chicken. So there's product placement everywhere. The uh, only music playing on radios is yeah. classical music because that's how you avoid royalty-free. You avoid uh, copyright issues with, uh, with yeah. uh, recording companies. So... <laughs> this whole little uh, utopia of sorts, which is kind of what the, the film is, right? Like it, it suppo- it's supposed—it's supposed to depict this really calm, pleasant world that uh, the current population, especially in '98, were trying to harken back to the '50s post-war America. Has has this American dream-like uh, charm to it that everyone keeps talking about. Yeah. And I think that's what the, the show tries to—that's what—that's the image the show tries to portray.
1: There's another parallel to the the concept of utopia as Thomas More put it out um, in the 16th century as well, right? So uh, I remember in, in the book, there is this uh, ca- character called, I, I forget his first name, but I remember his last hmm. name is Hitlode because that's a surname yeah. you never forget, right? <laughs> so, the character in the book, uh, in Thomas More's Utori- utopia, talks about um, the, U- the island of utopia that he went to I think Sea Haven. I don't know if it's an yeah. island, but it's a coastal place. Uh, it, it's a port city. Uh, even even Utopia in in Thomas More's book has only one entrance and one exit. So you know there is only one way to get in and out. It's the same case with Sea Haven as well. There's yeah. like one road which whenever Truman tries to take, it gets jammed with traffic. So I think there is this, a conscious uh, emulation of the the Utopia. Uh, that was, you know, laid out in the Thomas More work, the original Utopia. So, just wanted to point that out. There are some similarities. there. It borrows there.
0: heavily, like like you mentioned, right? Like the whole one way to get in, one way to get out. This movie would not have been possible yeah. without that source material. But yeah, coming back to the film, um, Truman is is uh, when we first meet him in the film, and when he goes to work, he's looking for um, a woman named Sylvia, uh, and in Fiji. And every time, I think this, this, the show suspects that something's up, so they keep sending people to distract him. And, uh, they, and, as, and the one trick that they use is they try to send him for, an, for a project across the island and for which he has to cross the water. Now, Truman has a, a huge case of thalassophobia. Truman yeah. uh, has always had this explorer side to him. And as a child, he and his dad decided to take the boat out, and his dad died. In the uh, in a storm, so he's deathly afraid of water. So every time he goes, it's uh, they um, they keep trying to push him towards trying to cross the water, knowing full well that his fears will kick in and uh, he's going to go back.
1: I mean, I'm just surprised he didn't figure out there's something amiss sooner, right? You're saying you're a guy who has thalassophobia. You're staying in a place called <laughs> Sea Haven, and how have you not wanted to move out earlier? And you know, you have been uh, thwarted in your. If you even efforts.
0: think about it,
1: right? You should have if had you doubts. Think soon. about it because <laughs>
0: as soon as the satellite falls, he's heading to work, and on the radio, there's instant damage limitation. Like the radio, there's, the, uh, the radio jockey is, is talking about a plane that was flying over and it dropped a bunch of. Paths as it was, which is why you know you shouldn't really fly and go anywhere because yeah. it's so dangerous. You never know what, what could happen. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> constantly like the show is constantly instilling this fear in him of traveling, of moving out. Uh, and I think that goes you can only temper the human spirit up to a certain point. Eventually, it would want it wants to explore, it wants to grow. And I think it took Truman thirty years for that side of him to all, to come out and be like, you know what, fuck this, something's wrong. Like the woman that is with, with me clearly cannot stand me, And you see, and every time you see him and Meryl come into, uh, come to a confrontation, she breaks into an ad read. like she'll pick up a coffee, she'll pick up uh, she, she'll pick up like the lawnmower, she'll look towards the camera, widen her eyes, and do the whole ad read, and then go back to whatever she's doing. Why don't you let me fix you some of this new Mo Cocoa drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua, no artificial sweeteners. And it's so, like for Truman, it's very jarring. He doesn't understand why his wife is the way he, where she is. But, but also now that you mention it, you know, uh, about him breaking out, there have been people who've tried to break him out in the past. They kind of address it uh, here yeah. and there. And I think the Sylvia character is one that is part of the free Truman movement. And she's the one that catches yeah. his eye when he's in college. And just as she's about to tell him, like she's about to meet her, they, the, the show throws Meryl into his lap and they try to force a narrative there. And, but still, he goes out on this date, he goes to the beach with her. And on the beach, she's like, all of this is a lie. Like your, like your whole life is a lie. Uh, and they send an actor to To pretend that's supposed to be her father, and he tells Truman, "Oh, she's got massive schizophrenia. She uh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. We've got to take her away." And that's how they take her out of the show. But really, what triggers all of this is Truman is going to work, and he sees a homeless man on the road, and the homeless man happens to be his dad, or the guy, the actor who looks like his dad. Uh, and so he's like, and he's confused, and he tries to chase him. But as he's chasing him, there's a marathon that happens. <laughs> uh, he, his dad gets sucked into a bus the bus starts zooming down the uh, the road and it's just too many things that happen together for it to just be a pure coincidence. And every time he tries to get, like, get closer to the truth, the show shoves four different uh, scenarios at him uh, overwhelming him and making him forget And, and because it's so bizarre which is why the show is terrible. The show doesn't do a very good job of being the of depicting this life that it's supposed to be so organic and uh, and comforting.
1: I guess, I guess, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. It it doesn't make for great television viewing. Uh, if if there was a Truman show uh, running in real in real life on TV, I, I guess you know at least seven six to seven hours of a day. What are you going to do? He's going to sleep. So if you're not in the same time zone as him it is a uh, those six, seven hours you're not really going to watch unless you want to watch like a black screen right so uh, but that said it is the evolution of that idea it is a good segue for me to jump into keeping up with the Kardashians but it is the evolution of that idea that has led to a property like keeping up with the Kardashians right the only difference here is Truman doesn't know he's being filmed so yeah. at least For himself, he is being his authentic self, right? At least he is doing that while the rest of it is manufactured. But let's take a hypothetical scenario where, given the end of the movie, uh, he is given a choice by Christoph. Why don't you live here and continue living this perfect life that's been built for you? Why do you want to head out into the outside world? Say, if he were to choose not to break out and to continue to live in this utopia, completely aware that none of it is real, and he would be self-aware that he is performing to an audience of whatever the world, the viewers of the world would then would he then be closer to what the Kardashians are today, right? Because obviously, if you ask me off camera, maybe whoever the sibling, what Chloe, Kim, and mm-hmm. all of the others, they may not be exactly the way we see them, right? At least I hope so. There is an there is an aspect or the dimension to them which we are not privy to because. I hope they have a private life outside mm-hmm. of the show. And I I think there is some degree of exhibitionism. There is a degree of performance that they bring to what is termed as a reality show that seemingly follows them around, around the clock, right? Uh, I know for a fact that uh, when Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner, uh, they were really sick of this sort of round-the-clock scrutiny and I mean, for them, it was the added layer of having to hide who yeah. they really were, right? And to have cameras in your face all all the time, when you have to, you know, just that everyday uh, life is enough of a struggle was something they really hated, apparently. So uh, it just feels like if if Truman were self aware, would he be closer to a Kardashian? Would he play up aspects of his his personality that worked better? Like I'm sure the Kardashians are acutely aware of. What is a what works about yeah, the show? Sure. So would would Truman you know sit down with Christoph and be like, hey, this is what they like. Should we amp this up? Should we dial this down? That's a I know for me that's a great thought experiment of what could have been if he had taken the I, other choice, if he had taken the blue pill. No,
0: I, the thing I think with regards to that, I, I don't think he would have ever chosen to stay back. Because if you, as he's watching the show, as as he's as you watch the movie. There are certain points of the film where Truman realize, realizes that everyone he's ever loved, cared for, or has been a part of his life actively—his own mother—they're all lying to him. Like every single person, like nobody on the show is his mother. Like his mother's not his real mother. His father's not his real father. As a matter of fact, he is the—he's an unwanted pregnancy that he's picked from a bunch of babies and then mm-hmm. chosen to give him, and chosen for the show. Right no part of the movie does this better than the scene where he's talking to Marlon uh, to, to Marlon about it and he tells Marlon about the fear he's having
1: the scene where they're sitting on yeah. that uh, bri- bridge yeah. or something yeah, right? yeah. And they're
0: having a, having yeah. a few beers and Marlon's like I
1: mean think about it for a minute if everybody is in on it I'd have to be in on it too and the scene you can see the actor having a conflict right like I am actually lying to this guy forget about my role as an actor There's this actual human that is he has been gaslit exactly. his whole life and uh, I am the moment of his deepest vulnerability I am just lying to him more He's, He's and you
0: can and I think I know, I they kind of says. cut his scenes because Marlon is supposedly the only character that ever was conflicted about being on the Truman show about continuously lying to him because he considers him to be his best friend he grew up with him mm. so so to speak um, but mm. that, that scene where Marlon tells, uh, Truman, uh, well, if everyone's lying to you, then I'd be lying to you as well. And then Truman starts crying. He has his moment and Marlon yeah. thinks it's because he's, you know, um, he's calmed down. But at but it's, it's, it's that moment, Truman realizes that even his own, his, his own best friend has been lying to him all this time. And that's when he realizes, oh, this whole thing is, mm. is a setup.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's likely that he will stay yeah. back. Obviously, it's too much of a life for him to overcome. Essentially, what I was trying to ask is, what happens to you as an individual when you consciously enter this sort of? It's a deal with the devil, right? It'll, it'll you'll get fame, popularity, but does your sense of self get blurred? Do the lines between reality and your performance? Because even actors, if you're on set, you 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 do a role, and maybe somebody like a Daniel Day Lewis. Experiences this when they're working on a certain role, but uh, and there's an end date to it. Like the show is Keeping Up With The Kardashians, they're going for like a decade plus now. So, what happens to you when you're performing around the clock, you know, 10 years and more? That, that really fascinates me. A study of understanding what that does I to you as a person. The, the
0: personality is something that uh, people who make the shows like Keeping Up With The Kardashians is something they've always craved. Even if you look at the Kardashians, if you look specifically at Kim and how Kim began her career, she began her career working um, as Parasilton's costume designer, or like a fashionist, uh, a hairstylist. She was part of Paris yeah. troupe. Yeah. Then, you know, the whole thing happened with, with Ray J. Then she had a bunch of divorces. Um, it was She was always in the news for some reason or the other, because that was their currency. Their currency was, was social currency and chris uh, for whatever you mm. call it call her she is a master businesswoman she knew how to manipulate each and every scenario yeah. to get the best out of um out of it for her children and her children and her may not have the best equation it may have ruined them forever but it has given them a lifestyle where they are the envy of millions and it may be and to some it may be daunting but i think they thrive on it because that's like i mentioned earlier they they crave that kind of attention, and not a lot. And and if you've also noticed, not a lot of them have had public breakdowns. You haven't had the Britney Spears level of breakdown. You haven't had the um, Michael Jackson uh, level of breakdown. Everything is carefully managed, carefully, which is yeah, because it's, it's an image to yeah. protect. Because once the image goes, there's no talent to fall back on. I mean, Kim, uh, Kylie, yeah, Kim and Kylie have <laughs> yeah. both uh, yeah. notched up billion dollar enterprises at this point. I think um, with I think Kylie Mm -hmm. has a makeup line, Uh, Kim has Skims, which is doing really well. So they've they've really turned the entire reality show scenario into um, uh, into this really profitable machine. That now they don't even I'd go so far as to say that Keeping Up with the Kardashians maybe runs for another ten years at the most because they don't need it anymore. They don't need the exposure. They're Mm -hmm. up there with the yeah. creme the cream of uh, of who the who's who in in entertainment so uh, it's mm-hmm. i i'd like to answer your question i don't think that uh, their personality changed changed to accommodate the show i think it was always what it was always what uh, they were they were but like I'm, I'm sure there's a part of them that has that quiet downtime and and when they disappear for a couple of months between seasons i'm sure they get it yeah. Must be, right?
1: Otherwise, like I would shoot and myself. If you look at Kanye,
0: yeah. Kanye is very upset about his children being brought up in that environment because he doesn't want his kids' pictures out on the internet. He doesn't want yeah. his daughter on TikTok. There's this it's a lot there's a big conundrum, but you can't really tell that to someone whose entire life is built using these social platforms. So it's it's um it's a sticky yeah. situation, to say the least.
1: No, but I think you made a very good point. I think it, it is intrinsic to who they are, which is why I guess it was keeping up with the Kardashians and not, say, a Hilton or keeping up with whoever else, right? Although Paris Hilton did have her show, it, it hasn't had the sort of longevity that uh, Kardashians yeah. have. But uh, more to the other point you were making, I don't even know why it is so addictive, right? It's very shit. Like, the, the content is utter crap. It's, uh, but it is it's, it's comfort,
0: like comfort television, stuff. right? Like, you they... Kind of bringing back to the movie, he talks about how people leave, uh, Christoph talks about how, how people leave the show on at night for comfort. The Truman Show, the, uh, Keeping Up With The Kardashians mm-hmm. is a show that no one's even really paying attention to. I mean, of course, you're, you're paying it. it's
1: Yeah, It's backer. almost like
0: background noise and it's just a, a bunch of rich people who are having rich people problems. Which you, you mm-hmm. can't really connect because most of us will n- never hit that strat of society with that ungodly amount of wealth. But for us, it's just oh look, look at these, look, look at the lifestyle. It's 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 flashy and it looks good, which is why people tend to tend to watch it. There's no other reason for it.
1: I, I mean, then you have somebody like me who during lockdown was coerced into it and then was hate watching a few episodes. Like fucking idiots, these dumbasses don't have two brain cells. How do they have that's, so much if money? If you notice,
0: uh, uh, that's the thing. It's. <laughs> More often than not, the people without the brains that make the big bucks, because
1: actually, I, I mean, I honestly, I would say I'm wrong. They're they're quite clearly astute, and they know what to play up, right? I'm I'm sure the whole valley girl aspect of their their uh, diction that all of the Kardashians play up Kim more so than anyone else. It's it's a conscious put on. They intend to sound like that. So again, while I, while I might I might hate watch it, I might loathes what they represent. I have to give props to the fact that I'm sure deep down they're not dumb. They might they portray themselves to be dumb because that's probably what sells. But I, I don't think they're dumb. And, uh, yeah, I mean kudos to them. They uh, they they've built something that's made them a lot of money. Anyway, I, I really wanted to talk about the show because I felt it it had drew a lot of parallels with the movie. But you have you have uh, you have answered my question. So. Uh, we can move
0: on. Uh, You know, it's, it's funny that this movie came out a year before Big Brother as well.
1: There, I don't think people are as performative. Uh, and therefore, that's a whole other kind of yeah. drama, right? It's just you watch people be their true selves, good and bad. But uh, yeah, man, reality TV is just a dirty cesspool. But. When it works, it works. So, so look nice. at
0: Netflix. Like Netflix right now is doubling down on its reality TV. There's so much reality TV coming through. If you've been on the Max app, which uh, is oh my god, it's like David Zaslav is 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 pairing his um pairing HBO content with all the reality shite that he's produced over the last how many ever years, yeah, uh, of his life. So I see the Sopranos next to some show called We Date It or Lose It or something along those lines. And it's very jarring. It, but it, it sells. People watch it. Like 90 Day of Fiancé is a
1: huge um, show in uh, in, yeah. in the West. And people love it. I guess because with reality TV, your suspension of disbelief that's required of you is a lot less. just right? you don't need, you're told that these are real stories. Like you
0: don't need to be too involved. I mean, it's it's not heavy more than anything else. It's not like you go come out of it feeling... Yeah, Uh, ten times worse. Like I I watched the Chaser the other day. This South Korean film, and I finished the film, and I felt like shit because the movie was great, but the but the subject was quite heavy. And similarly, like, but 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 when you take it to scenarios like this, by the end of it, you're like, okay, fine, I'm gonna go watch something else, which is a wonderful point I'm gonna bring up as we uh, wind down the episode because uh, let's let's get back Mm -hmm. to the film and kind of like wrap this up.
1: I have a couple more thoughts uh, that I want to run by you, get your get your opinion on. Um, the other point that you mentioned, right, is, is that it took Truman 30 years to decide to break out of it. And I'm sure, like you said, he probably harbored subconscious suspicions for a while, but it was at that point where he had like a make or break sort of moment. Uh, I also feel there's a parallel there in terms of, you know, the whole leaving the nest Uh phenomenon that all of us have at some point wherein you decide I have grown up in this very protective comfortable nice environment but there comes a time when you have to take on that challenge of hey I, I need to break off and figure my shit out uh, there's your sense of individualism overcomes your need for comfort and familiarity uh, for most of us I know there are some who for whom it mm. still hasn't but for most of us, uh, we feel that, right? Like, for you, the time you spent in New York. For me, the time I spent in Bombay. It was out of our comfort zone. I remember the first time I was dropped off by my parents to the hostel. It was the first time I was living on my own. And Bombay University hostel is fucking mm-hmm. bad. I don't want to get into details. In case anyone's having dinner mm-hmm. while they're listening to this. So, it's just filthy as shit. And I remember they had left... And I was like, oh, so, like, I'm supposed to sleep here tonight? Last night, I was in my bed back in Bangalore. Uh, the first few nights, I remember, were quite hard. So, there is a there is a a challenge to your decision to yeah. break out. Uh, but, you know, I just, what do you think held him back so long? Obviously, in his case, a lot of the events are manufactured to keep him on as, as long as uh they can because that's that's what the shows dependent on right but uh here it also harkens back to the the story of uh you know Plato's uh, uh, allegory mm-hmm. of the cave uh which essentially is about these two philosophers who spend their lives in a cave where you know they have sufficient food they have warmth they don't they don't you're not yeah. wanting for anything but one of the philosophers decides hey I want to see what's outside the cave and the other guys like why? we're good mm-hmm. here we're happy here why do you want to step out why do you want to uh, basically, yeah. venture into the unknown. So it's a thought experiment that Plato had come up with all the all those years back, and it's an it's a sentiment that I think all of us have faced, have gone through at some point uh, in lives. So, what do you think about that aspect? Of I that?
0: think um, what really held him back was the gaslighting. If I'm being perfectly honest, <laughs> because this movie is um, a what do you call is it? a wonderful display of what gaslighting looks like. If your partner is gaslighting you, make them watch the Truman mm-hmm. Show and start pointing out behaviors. First of all, second, I think um, <clears throat> besides the gaslighting, it also um, it's it's when you're ready. I think it, it really comes down to that. Like he could have had this moment ten years ago when he's fully what do you call broken out of his shell, and you know he decides to run and and do something a lot more drastic. Now, the, as the subject matter of the film is quite serious. But the way it's portrayed is is comedic. Like this could very well could have been a horror movie and it would have worked.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, so yeah. it is in, in fact a horror yeah. movie to a certain degree because it's like what is happening to this kid, is, this dude is horrific. But coming back to the, yeah. to the point, right, where I, I think it was mostly him, like the level of comfort, but then there's an itch under your skin that you kind of can't ignore forever. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The more you let it sit. Finally, there comes a point where you snap. And I feel with Truman, he'd been snapping for quite some time. And it's it's a list of, it's a combination of factors. Because if you look at his wife, his wife, mm-hmm. he was looking, there's a scene in the film where he's looking at wedding pictures, and he notices that in his wedding picture, his wife has crossed her hands, like she's crossed her fingers while uh, kissing him, proving that, okay, he's. She's not really like her love is is not true. And the people around yeah. him seem manufactured. Everything around him starts to feel a lot more. The older you get, the more aware you are of your surroundings. And mm-hmm. we as like as children growing up in the, um, in this part of the world, we're all, we're all so accustomed to doing stuff that our folks tell us to do because they're our parents and what they say is right and that's that's the upbringing that we have and we don't really a lot of us don't question it for years if you think about it like there are very few there are a, a large number of families yeah. that to this day run a very tight ship where the, the son the daughter all have their lives planned out and they have they cannot resist they cannot oppose yeah and it's it's just how uh, how the way how the world works and for Truman I think also kind of has that everyone keeps putting that fear of exploring about what death is like, because the last time he explored, right, his dad died. And Mm
1: -hmm. so there's
0: always that fear that the fear of death, once you put the fear of death in someone, you're able to manipulate them as you please. So I think a combination of that, the gaslighting, and of course the, just the right, and then moment for for the match to strike were like with three of the big things that, played a factor in when he when he decided to do what he did
1: yeah makes sense i mean i i that's that's what uh i keep ruminating on right whenever i've watched this movie like what would i do in his place one obviously when when would i if i had sufficient information to uh like put a put together a conspiracy theory that hey something's afoot here when would i make that leap and what would I have? I mean, obviously I would choose to break free. You can't go back to living a lie. But what would I do in that situation? It's a it's a it's a thought I keep mulling on a lot. And therefore I just want to like get your view on on it. The the other point, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is the nature of reality, right? Which is like existentialism, determinism, all of these things is what the movie also kind of plays with or incorporates into its its ethos. So one is Clearly, in his case, nothing is real. So, uh, there is that whole aspect of his disillusionment when he finds out all of the references he had in his life. Like you mentioned, the people he grew up with, the, his own mother, the, the walls, the sky, the water, all of it is is fabricated, right? And there is an entire other world out there that he literally knows nothing of. So, all he has known yeah. is Sea Haven, right? It's a small town, the same four streets and the same, whatever, 200 houses and thousand odd people. That has been his life. So, in the case of the Truman Show, you can still watch the movie and say, hey, what an idiot, like, you know. Obviously, he should know that there is more to the world than this and why has he not explored? But if you take that same thought and expand it to the scale that you want it to, right? The questions are not invalid. The same questions apply. Now, when we say, yes, okay, for us, the co- our corporeal experiences. I'm sitting in this chair, talking to you over over this microphone, over, over the uh, whatever, over the streamyard call. The, to, you you've flown over air, uh, you know, you've taken an, a flight to New York. You visited a different country. I've gone to other countries. You've had these corporeal hmm. experiences. But who's to say any of this is not part of a larger reality that we are not. So sure there's a. I mean, why not that a, question,
0: right? This this movie gave rise to a condition called the Truman Show delusion. And it, it's it been diagnosed. There have been several cases uh, that that have shown symptoms of the Truman Show delusion. There was a man, I think, sometime a few years ago, who who I think his girlfriend broke up with him. And he thought that, that if he would climb up to the top of the Statue of Liberty, he'd find her there. And then he realized, and then he would figure out that his entire show, his entire life was just a show. There was another one that traveled to New York to check whether the World Trade Center had actually fallen believing that 9-11 was some sort of an elaborate uh, (laughs) plot twist in his personal storyline. So there have been uh, plenty of cases where people have questioned their reality. At some point, I think we all do. There are days where I, you know, if you're going through a particularly hard time and you feel like like the whole world is weirdly against you, you, like, this is, like, it almost feels unfair. You feel like, there are too many factors to have, uh, like too many situations to have happened simultaneously to uh, put you in this uncomfortable scenario that you currently find yourself
1: in. So it's it's uh, yeah, like ran- random probability could not have led me here. This seems very planned. Yeah, analysis. exactly. Like this is like nobody should deserves
0: yeah. this kind of pain. Are you part of some sort of weird thought experiment? Like you have to check your windows, your walls, and some. I mean, the two minutes show he had to check his ring. His ring was a camera. Like that was the amount of. Uh, yeah. a, that, that's how intrusive the uh, the show was, and I mean, with you know, with our phones, we, we, we just—I think—we've all just given up at this point. We know we're being listened to. Uh, we know our conversations are basically feeding marketing campaigns, uh, like data for marketing campaigns across several companies. Elections are being swung, yeah. so it's we're, we're not. There's no there's no camera mm-hmm. on us, but that's not to say that we aren't being watched or heard.
1: Yeah, and we keep talking about the the dystopian future that is we are the uh, dystopian on that we're on the cusp of yeah. Yeah, exactly. where there's a dystopian present. It's not the dystopian future. Yeah. So, uh, it's very but, uh No, I agree with you. Uh, there's there's the whole there's that aspect, and the other uh, point that I mentioned, which is you know, if you look at it from a deterministic point of view, where you know determinism essentially posits that do you take your own decisions or are or does the universe uh, sort of bring events together to uh, make things happen, and you are made to believe that you are in—you uh, know—you have agency, while in reality you don't. Again, in in a situation like the Truman Show, how, how does determinism function in that? Right, like it completely breaks down. Nothing is his own. He has absolutely no agency. But this is this classic—you know—it's a theoretical ideal where somebody has zero agency but has absolutely no awareness of it. It's, it's such a fascinating, uh, you know, situation from that perspective. Well. If you think about it, like let's say at two
0: o'clock in the morning, he wants a burger and the actor who is supposed to be at the burger store is not there. Yeah. How does that work? Like so he decides, I mean, is, does his wife
1: convince exactly. him? Does his wife gaslight him into saying he doesn't want the burger? Yeah. I mean, the whole scenario is a determinist sweat yeah. dream. It's Like, hey, see, nothing is... Uh, Nobody has agency. Everything is planned. This is like Akshay Kumar and uh, <laughs> Ajahnabeer. You, know, you know the one thing that really
0: pisses me off your side note? I'm going to rant about something. You know, people say you manifest. Like, manifest it will happen. Fucking bullshit. Uh, oh, man. Nothing. It has never worked. Yeah. The universe has a plan for you if you manifest. Bro, I've been manifesting for the last 25 years of my life. Nothing has fucking worked. I've always picked the first option that's come my way. <laughs> so it's like, so don't give me this bullshit about manifesting.
1: I I agree with that aspect of you. Let's spend a minute on that. Uh, I don't agree with if you manifest something hard enough, the universe will provide for you. That is bullshit. That is patently unscientific. But I think what manifestation does is, in its defense, it puts you in the right mindset. If you have the right mindset, you probably are able to access your intelligence, your aptitude better. You have more drive, more willpower. So those are still tangible outcomes of manifestation, which are inward there are no external uh, outcomes yeah. of manifestation. That is just, okay. it's not happening. Whatever is the outcome is internal. But anyways.
0: Uh, like we've addressed so many themes in such little time today, which is good. It's always always a good sign.
1: No, I mean, with the, the Truman Show, there was always going to be, the The discussion was always going to be a little philosophical, I think. Oh, for sure.
0: Uh, I think, I'll, and this really comes to to the fore in towards the end of the film, right? Because, uh, they can reintroduce his character, his father as a character. And they can, you know, there are these people who want him free. But there's, if you notice, there's a Trubin bar where people sit down and watch the show together. Which, if you, yeah. it, and it reminded me so much of that Game of Thrones bar, Sean Tanktop or something, his name is the Burlington bar, uh, where people get together and watch Game of Thrones, which for me is a nightmare scenario. If I were to watch yeah. Game of Thrones, I'd watch it by myself with a max of three people. And even that
1: is a bit much. Yeah, dude. Like, who's watching? Because the average human being is stupid, right? You want to sit with a bar full of stupid people and watch a show and like, ugh. For me, I don't know.
0: i have always not even, not even accounting for their intelligence. I'm just... It's just too much noise. <laughs> uh, if I'm watching... Game of Thrones has always been yeah. a ritual where I would sit, watch it by myself. I did the eighth season, which was the worst season also uh, hilariously was the only season I watched with a group of people and it turned out to be really bad. I'm superstitious that way. I'm never watching a show I like uh, ever again with the, with, with the people I know.
1: That's how I watch all Prestige TV. I watch it by myself and then I'll go on to Reddit. I'll yes. read like, the episodes. Yes, that's, what, that's that's
0: exactly what I do as well. <laughs> because I, I can't be bothered explaining shit to people mm-hmm. and I don't want to and I don't want people to sit there and criticize and, and nudge and ask me what's happening. Do your own thing on your own time, man. I'm like, this is, this is my time. Just let me be. <laughs>
1: <sighs> but, uh, I mean, coming back... Coming back to the movie... Uh, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I remember that scene has... Uh, no, not that scene. I think Scully from Brooklyn NN plays a security yeah. guard in proven show towards the end when him He's, and his, Yeah, like, they're, 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 they're one the, of those
0: guys who's watching the, the show. show. Uh, and... They, I mean... I think for the first time, the show goes offline because Truman escapes. He has a Shawshank moment where he kind of burrows through and this happens as soon as they introduce his father, reintroduce his father into the film. His father had amnesia and you can see Christoph being congratulated by by corporate, by a bunch of new people. Paul Giamatti plays as a dude called Simol or something in a kind of a blink and miss role. And there's this really interesting scene just before, before all of this where, where Truman is sleeping and there's a camera on him and Christophe is like caressing his cheek but even then it feels artificial.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was just gonna say like, you should talk about Ed Harris's Kristoff which is a very interesting character. I, I but, I yeah,
0: he has become so obsessed with the Truman show uh, and I and Ed Harris initially wanted the character to have a hunchback and it, it tried it it didn't work uh, because he's so such a recluse and he's like, Why? this is his life. Every step we are. So, oh, okay. Go ahead. It, got it. And he wanted, and then I think Peter Ware was like, okay, we'll try it, but it didn't really work. And another interesting bit of trivia is that Ed Harris and Jim Carrey never met on set. They were they, through filming.
1: Ah. They,
0: they were always apart, which is, which further, in, you know,
1: Probably yeah, by it design.
0: builds the relationship more that that disconnect really builds the, the relationship a, a lot more. Philip Glass is in this movie; he's the composer in the studio, playing the music. Uh, and this this film has a wonderful yeah. score. It it has some original music by Burkhardt Alberts, and a lot of classical pieces of film of of, of music
1: uh, throughout. Which is meta in a way, right? I'm sure the makers of the Truman Show saved a lot yeah, of money. Obviously, yeah. Uh, Using the royalty free music, so in that, that way it is meta.
0: And as that scene we're talking about, where Christoph is like caressing his face, even then he kind of this moment where I'm like, okay, he really cares. But then he says something, and immediately you're like, oh no, he doesn't. Like he's no longer looking at him as 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 a person. He's looking at him as his creation. It's a it's a full full on god complex.
1: Yes, it is a god complex. I'm just trying to think of how I like how would I? I'm trying to put words to how I feel. Right. I think the the. The affection, the care, the concern that he has is genuine. Yeah. I don't think that is fake. But it comes from a malicious intention, right? You as as the creator of the show consciously decided to take this un, unwanted baby and essentially lie to that person his entire life. So your motivation was fundamentally corrupt. Whether that has now... Uh, morphed into or has incorporated love and concern and all is admirable, but ultimately uh, it it doesn't matter if your fundamental motivation was corrupt. Everything you've done is is tainted exactly. with that, and therefore, like you said, uh, if it comes from a god complex, the idea of a god complex is essentially negative. However, its uh, manifestation might be in 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 the form of love or whatever, and which is why uh, while Ed Harris masterfully plays the role of somebody who you can see is a master yeah. manipulator, right? Like, even as the viewer, you a part of you is like, hey, this guy sounds so nice. This guy will care for you. But subconsciously, you know, like, no, all of this is a lie. If he could replace you tomorrow, it. he would. So, like, yeah, exactly. He plays that, like, like I said, despite the the comfort that his character makes you feel, Deep down, you know, hey, this is not coming from a good place and therefore, this mm-hmm. is not good for you. So, Ed Harris is, I mean, brilliant performance. Ed Harris actor is an outstanding actor. I mean, he, he's probably the best part of The Rock as well, which otherwise is hey, you know, hey, hey, not, hey, not, hey, not hey No, no, no. The Rock is a very, <laughs> very no, no. good movie. <laughs> let me... No, no, that's what. Let me finish my sentence. I'm not going to say it's not a great movie. I'm just going to say it's not uh, a great showcase of uh, you know, theatrical ability. Ed Harris is probably the one guy in in that who has who you know who brought sincerity even to that outlandish yeah, yeah. setting. Ed Harris always brings his A game to whatever he does, and he, he's like he's there even in the Truman Show. He's there. He's on point every point. He's uh, so. I wanted to spend a couple of yeah, minutes. He's, on him. He's yeah,
0: he's he's so good in, in this movie. Uh, I I really like him as well. I love him. Uh, I I really like him in The Rock. I really like him in this. I watched Gone Baby Gone, and he was also very good in that. So if and Westworld, of course, the season one of Westworld for me is probably career best. Ed Harris.
1: Oh man, for, he's, yeah,
0: it, he's so damn good as the man in black. Amazing. And um, like that, I don't think that that show, at least the first season, does as good as it it did uh, without him. Dude, they should have just done one
1: season and cut. Maybe second season? No, I think the second Star- season Star- was...
0: yeah. Anyway, the second season was other... just them trying to outsmart the audience because the audience figured out the plot twist to the first yeah. season.
1: Yeah. Misa joined Jonathan. Oden, yes. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> can you say... Can, can <laughs> you say... Convoluted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so...
1: Seriously.
0: Yeah, but... Um, Truman escapes and they find him on, on the boat. I think he finally confronts the fear and he's in the ship, uh, in, in the little boat that they have. And they simulate a storm to to knock him off the boat and to possibly drown him. And this is where Harris is like trying to play God, right? He says, okay, he's going against my will. Nothing's yeah. working. If if he doesn't, uh, like people saw him born on television, I'm sure that there's no problem seeing him die as well. But then... He kind of, he has that moment where he's like, okay, what am I doing? And he stops. And and then the storm clears and Truman's on the boat and he sails to the end of the world. It's a great movie for flat earthers.
1: Oh, Damn, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even think of that.
0: Yeah, oh so he, he sails. And then as, as he's sailing, he hits a wall, right? he Hits the wall. Now, this is my favorite part of the film because it's, it's still giving me goosebumps just thinking about it. And the way Jim Carrey plays it and the way Peter West shoots it. So he hits the wall and he goes up and he touches the wall and he has this moment of relief followed by him just banging on the, uh, on the wall. And I think it's set, the, the soundtrack that plays is called Father Colby's Preaching. And Father Colby was this priest in, in the concentration camps that basically took the place of this one guy who, had, who, who was supposed to be sent to the chamber and he said, "Oh, I have a child, and I have a, uh, I have children." And Father Kobe said, "I'll go in your place." And uh, I think that's his. I looked him up. I said, like, "Why is it called Father Kobe's preaching?" And what what is the symbolism behind the th- behind the theme? And it's shot behind Truman. So, you, and Jim Carrey's face is like is is elastic. So you can make all the expressions that uh, mm-hmm. he, he that you could ask of him, but you don't see his face. All you see is his back, and you see his like head, and you see his hand his hand is banging 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 and like there's relief there's frustration more than anything else there's well val- exactly validation. there's validation that he's not crazy and that's what we all like if everybody keeps yeah. calling you crazy and then you and then you finally see the validation that you're not it it brings this sense of relief like when you're proven right and he's just holding like it, it, you see that relief and you, you see him put his head up, up against the wall and he's crying and he gets off and he walks up the stairs which has now become iconic. The stairs in the cloud.
1: Side note, you sound like a QN yeah. owner right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, of course,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Bravo, uh, planet, what is, I don't know, whatever what whatever his gym, this thing is called, yeah, planet of the society. He, <laughs> he walks up and then they have this Simba Mufasa moment where uh Christoph is talking to him uh through the th- through the cloud, saying, There's nothing out there that will that's any different than what's in here. In fact, he yeah. says
1: it's worse. There's hurt, there's war, there's there's famine, there's uh hunger. Here you're taken care of, here you have everything for you. So that's that's his pitch, right? That's yeah. his proposition. Like, why do you want to leave your comfort zone? You're, you're this you're the center of the world he's here. like I know who you are you're a, you're a statistic. Like, yeah
0: like I, I know who you are I know I was there for your first step I was there when you went to school I was there when you fell and Truman says you never had a camera in my head you never really truly knew who I was uh, yeah yeah and name. funnily enough not the most powerful line in the entire film because the film opens uh with Truman has a catchphrase it's like in case I don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night is his catchphrase, very much a fifties catchphrase. And as Christoph is like trying to coerce him back into the world, uh, and Truman goes silent, and then there's there's the clip from the film where
1: Say something, god damn it. You're on television. You're live to the whole world. And then
0: Truman turns, he pauses. And then you know it's coming. You look. He looks at the camera and says,
1: "In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night."
0: And then he bows and he leaves. And that's. And I'm so glad that's why they chose to cut the film because I don't want to know more about Truman. I don't know what how he is after getting yeah. into the into the real world. I don't want any of the
1: uh, the harsh realities of life. Well, again, then your project. Correct, and then your projection comes into play there, right? You, if you want to imagine a happy ending for him, they exactly. let you. They don't say like this is what actually happened. Want to imagine? Whatever you want to imagine, it's up to you. So, and yeah, it is a great possibly one of the greatest understand.
0: endings in, in 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 films ever. Because as soon as all of this happens, there's relief everywhere. There's Sylvia who's celebrating. She runs down to 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 go find him. The bar is in tears. There's a dude in a bathtub. These two old ladies sitting with pillows of Truman who are like crying. And I mean it's it's very much consumer yeah. consumerism, right? Because they everyone's upset about him being yeah. in the scenario, but they're also they also keep buying the merch. <laughs> <laughs> uh so and then it, it cuts is, to
1: Scully from, It's great social <laughs> commentary.
0: It, it cuts to Scully and his friend, like, oh that's so cool. What <laughs> and then the the, the What's, yeah, our, what's next? our next <laughs> film
1: next? I was like, "Oh,
0: perfect! There's, there isn't a better way to end the movie because that's what reality television is. Because yeah. you can have the most heartwarming story, the moment it ends, are like, cool. Let's watch something else.
1: Is, is are we are we at the end of? Our, we are unless discussion? you have any other. Because uh, this is a yeah, I do because this we're ending on uh, on two heartwarming. <laughs> heartwarming. <laughs> okay, cool. so uh, I am going to do a bit of ungli <laughs> yeah. um, so. Uh, what do you think happens? Like, see, growing up in his teens and all, like, when puberty hit, I'm sure Truman wanted to masturbate and stuff. So no, apparently they they, that? They, uh, they
0: they highlight it right that every time something like that happens, they cut and they show like a camera blowing and they show like a curtain blowing in the wind or two flowers um, meeting.
1: Yeah, oh, they do, they do it, address right. that. Huh? I thought they I, I I forgot that, bit. I, was, I thought it'll just be like closed door and no like, no, pop, no no pop, no no. Pop, it's, it's, it's cable easy. television,
0: diga. American audiences would lose their shit.
1: <laughs> or when say him and uh, Mer- Megan, yeah, even hot and heavy. Yeah, all, even Meryl's even audience, then, because I, uh, all of the audiences just like <laughs> hmm, this is like uh, it's always sunny, right? like full penetration.
0: <laughs> in the deleted scene, <laughs> in, the, in the deleted scenes, they actually talk about it because Meryl quits, right? She quits on after. She and Truban have that confrontation and she breaks character and says, how do you expect anyone to work under these conditions? And because Truban starts chasing around and yeah. like, tries, tries hounding her. And um, there's a scene in the deleted in the scenes where they replace her with a new love interest and Ed Harris tells the lady that, oh, hey, we're about to have the first like, on-screen conception ever. So they were... It was definitely in the in the pipeline, but they just never got to it. Would they have
1: shown it? I'm um, just wondering. Or imagine if you never know, right? Like Truman said, you don't know what's going on in my head. What if he was independently growing up to growing up to be like a pedophile or like you know somebody who looks at child? porn. I mean, they would have known, right? They, the, the whole show. <laughs> they would have known,
0: <laughs> then, and then they would have cut the show then, because there are too many cameras in that house because, to like
1: for anyone to get away with anything like that. It's too perfect, dude. Like, Truman is too, too perfect a test subject. Like, if I, I was in that place, some fucked up should have definitely gone down. But I down, feel like, right? you would. What, what if he becomes a robber? Like, a thief? A delinquent? Could, but I
0: think Truman, he was so brainwashed by everything. And I think that's what would have happened to us as well. Like, we would have never met somebody who challenged the status quo. And that plays a huge part with, in our growing our growing up, right? We find somebody who comes and tells us, hey, that's not exactly... You don't have to do things that way all the
1: time. I mean, Dude, if I had the slightest suspicion, I would just go onto my lawn and start <laughs> jacking off. Like, let's see what happens. <laughs> we'll roll the dice. will oh, see what dude. happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but, that's yeah, that's the... Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> It was, it too, was hard too hard. It was, it was a nice special moment. Minutes. It was cute. It was like a weird. I went through a whole like <laughs> tangent about how happy I felt when he finally got out. And here we are talking about <laughs> you jacking off on a lawn somewhere. Hope <laughs> our oh, parents don't listen to this.
1: Yeah. I, I hope so too. Or oh, partners. But <laughs> oh, partners pa- partner yeah. is fine. I mean I've had this not a lawn jack off thing but like uh, uh one of our bedrooms faces like the main road and stuff i mean i don't think you can look into our bedroom but so if i have to like uh, change clothes or not, if i have if i have to like get what fully nude and change into something was like why don't you close the curtain i'm like fuck that if they want to see that's their problem right? i don't give a fuck who's looking at me so
0: i wish i had the same Poonam's level of
1: s- yeah. desensitized to this thought process of mine so it's fine I, I am uh, I'm glad to know that's the case. <laughs> so moving on, Abin, what, what, are we, what are we doing next week? Uh,
0: next week, uh, The Dial of Destiny releases. so I thought it would be wise for us to tackle another action-adventure film of our childhood that's not Indiana Jones because I feel mm-hmm. like we've spoken about Raiders extensively on uh, the, the Date Nights episode. Mm-hmm. And I do want to talk about the Last Crusade, but that won't be yeah. for a few more episodes. I already like that movie as well, but that won't be that episode. We'll be talking about 1999's The Mummy, in starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, Arnold Vulslo, uh, John Hanna like a whole bunch of people. I will have. To, I, it's a movie that's very close to my heart. I think Ruth also likes that as likes it a lot as well. So we've been, I think we, yeah, we've briefly mentioned it in the Monsters Under Our Bed episode. If I am not mistaken, I'll have to go back and listen to it. But yes. it's it's uh, it's it, it will be the fourth film in our deep dives, so to speak.
1: Okay. But that's us. Um, take care. Have a good week ahead. Uh, hope you enjoyed listening to us. And see you next week. See you. Take care. So they opened their big mouths and now came talk. Talk. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. it is, Except, it's a terrible day for rain.